Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Suspense. And the producer of Radio's Outstanding Theater of Thrills, the master of mystery and adventure, William N. Robeson. Murder will out, they say. And you can't keep a good man down, they say. But what pithy piece of folk wisdom covers the criminal who is a good man? That's what our story is about. A good man with a past. A criminal who returns to a reasonable facsimile of the scene of his crime. Listen. Listen, then, as John Lund stars in For Old Time's Sake, which begins in just a moment. Did you know we once had a president who never voted in his life? That's right. He was Zachary Taylor, our 12th president. It seems that Taylor joined the Army when he was in his early 20s and stayed in the service until just before he was elected president. While he was a soldier, he was never qualified to vote, since he was never stationed long enough in one place. And strange to say, he didn't even vote for himself in the election which made him president. But today, through absentee ballots, most of our military personnel are given the chance to vote because we, as a nation, have learned that the foundation of authority is in the full consent of the people. And now, for old time's sake, starring John Lund, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Now, Mr. Winterfield, if you will sign above your wife's signature, the house is yours. It'll be a day or two before the escrow will be... Uh... Mr. Winterfield. Bert, Mr. Nelson speaking to you. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Just, uh, just signed here. Bert, you're acting so strange. What's the matter? Nothing, Helen, nothing at all. We don't see you nearly enough, Mr. Winterfield, considering you're one of our prominent businessmen. I don't think he likes banks. <laughs> I certainly hope that isn't the case. But that was the case. I don't like banks. They make me nervous because I helped stick up a few years ago when I was only a kid. Oh, I served my time, but I still don't like banks. I don't suppose I've been in the First National a dozen times in the 15 years I've lived in Madison City. But I had to be there now when this nightmare right, began. Folks, this is a stick up. The bank was being robbed. It was so familiar, like watching an old movie, that I kept waiting for Pinky to go into action, waiting for Pinky to give the orders. And there it was. It was Pinky's voice, crowding in on me, out of the past, shouting at me. You heard me, buddy. Get those hands up and turn around. I said, get those hands up. Now turn around. Well, what do you know? <laughs> the rest of you people move back. Go on into the vault. Not you. You stay. What do you want with him? Who's she? My wife. Tell her to get into the vault. Go on, Helen. What does he want, Bert? Please go, Helen. Eddie, I told you to get... He means it, honey. Go on. Oh. Right. <laughs> well, Bert, just like old times, isn't it? Cat got your tongue? Yeah, grab the sack. Must be your turn to take up the collection. 
You still remember how it's done, don't you? I was just a kid. I've done my time. Does your wife know? No, I never told her. Does anyone in this burg know? No. Not even the cops? No, no one. What do you do for a living? I own a hardware store. And nobody knows that you're an ex-con? Nobody. Then it wouldn't do you any good if people found out. Would it, Bert? No, it wouldn't. Come on, then. Hold that sack open. Why? Look, Pinky, I don't want to get mixed up in this. You're going straight. I know, but you don't mind helping a pal for old times' sake, do you, pal? Now, then, next cage. Leave me out of it. You want I should kill you? What am I going to tell him? Nothing. Don't tell nobody nothing. You don't talk? I don't talk, see? But I'll give you a break. I'll make it look good. Hand over your wallet. Okay. There. Now you can say you was robbed, too. Man, you're loaded. (laughs) You must not trust banks. Hey, these your kids? Yeah. Where are they at? My wife and I dropped them off at the show. I'll bet you got big plans for these girls. Sure I have. In case you can't keep quiet for old time's sake, just remember these kids. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. Where do you... Never mind, here it is. Albert Winterfield, 915 South Maple Street. I'll remember your address, Bert. 915 South Maple. If I happen to read about myself on page one of the morning paper, I'll be dropping in on you. Not next week, maybe. Or even next month. But I'll be back. Don't worry. I should worry? They're your kids, Bert. I'm aware of that. Here's your sack. You got all of it? Yeah. Okay, just a minute. All clear? All clear. Everybody tied up? Yeah. Uh, Turn around, Bert. I can't waste time tying you up. Yeah, Pinky, I remember your style. For old time's sake, pal. Come on, boys. Let's get out of here. This is Jimmy Wallington. You know, many great men have attained the highest office in our land, the presidency of the United States. Can you guess the name of this man? He was born in 1767 and began his military career at the age of 13. His distinguished victories included campaigns against the Creek and Seminole tribes during the Indian Wars and the Battle of New Orleans against the British in 1815. In his political life, this man served as United States Senator and as governor of the Florida Territory. In his first campaign for the presidency, he was unsuccessful. But in 1828, he won the election and served for two terms. Well, you should have his name by now. But in case you don't, here's one important clue. He brought new attention to national politics during the first year of his administration by discharging nearly 700 office holders, as against only 74 removals by all the preceding presidents. Yes, he was Andrew Jackson, 7th President of the United States. His life is part of your American heritage. And now, starring John Lund, Act Two of For Old Time's Sake. I woke up in the emergency hospital at police headquarters with a couple of stitches in my The doctor told my wife she could take me home, but first there was a Lieutenant Williams from the robbery squad to get around you feel well enough to answer a few questions, Mr. Winterfield? No, I don't. Won't take long. Some other time, huh? I'm afraid it's got to be now. 
Can you think of any reason why you were singled out to assist in the robbery? Well, no, I was forced to do it at gunpoint. What did you two talk about? Well, nothing. You didn't talk? No. You didn't say anything to one another? I told you we didn't. Bert, that isn't what you... You started to say something, Mrs. Winterfield? What was it, Mrs. Winterfield? Nothing. It was nothing. Mrs. Winterfield, a few moments ago you told me that you saw your husband talking to the gunman. Now, isn't that right? I... Well, he, he might have said something. Yeah, in fact, he did. Uh, I remember now. He said, uh... Huh? What did he say? Well, he, uh... Oh, oh, yeah. He said he was going to kill me if I tried anything. He kept saying that over and over. You better sit down, Mr. Winterfield. We might be here for some time. Now, look, I'm not going to play games with you, copper. Bert. I've had enough of it, Helen. Now, unless you intend to book me, I'm going home. I'm not going to book you. And you know it. But I can't help feeling that you're covering up something. I don't care what you think. Am I free to go? Yeah. But you know, Mr. Winterfield, this is going to trouble me. It's going to trouble me until I find out what it's about. Be my guest. Helen, you coming? I guess so. Oh, come on. Let's go. I'll see you later, Mr. Winterfield. Bert, I'm waiting. Waiting for what? You haven't opened your mouth since we left the hospital. There isn't anything to talk about. There isn't anything to talk about. I should say there's a great deal to talk about. Get off my back, Helen. What is this? You never used that tone of voice to me before. Oh, I'm sorry. Listen to me. If you're in trouble, I want to know about it. I want to help you. Nobody can help me. Bert, remember that promise we made when we were married? I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. We promised we'd always tell each other the truth. We were awfully solemn about it, and I suppose maybe a little silly. But, darling, I've kept that promise. And I believe you have, too, up until now. I never kept it, Helen. Not from the moment I made it. Bert. I'm sorry, dear. I loved you so much. I wanted you. I needed you so badly. I was ready to promise anything. Yes? I'm an ex-convict, Helen. Oh, Bert, no. Yeah. Don't you see? I, I couldn't tell you. You wouldn't have married me. Yes, I would, but that wouldn't have made any difference. It doesn't make any difference now. You sure? I'm positive. Then you knew that bank robber. Yeah. Why didn't you tell the lieutenant? Why should I? It's your duty as a citizen. Oh, is it? Of course it is. Now you're guilty of holding information from the police. I can't rat, Helen. Rat? Is this man a friend of yours? No, not exactly. I, I, I used to work with him. Work? You, you mean you robbed banks with him? Yes. Are you wanted for anything now? Oh no, Helen, no. That was a long time ago. I got caught. I went to prison. I'm clean. Oh, it frightens me to hear you talk like that. Clean, rat, copper. I don't like it, Bert. Let's go back and tell the lieutenant. I can't, Helen. You can't pretend.
pretend this never happened. Well, let me worry about that, huh? I'm not going to do it. Pull over at that gas station. Why? Pull over, Bert. Stop the car. Oh, why, I said. I want you to call the lieutenant, Bert. I'm not going to do it. I can't. Bert, I want you to prove to me that the past is really over with. I have to know that. Please, Bert, call the lieutenant. I can't do it, Helen. Why? I have reason. All right, then. I will. Helen, don't, Helen. Police department, please. Helen, I told you, you can't do this. Let go of that phone. Helen, listen to me. Do you want to get the kids murdered? What did you say? I said, do you want to get the kids murdered? You're... You're just trying to scare me, aren't you, Bert? Oh, no, Helen, I'm serious. He wouldn't. Would he? He would. Can I still trust you, Bert? This hasn't... You wouldn't say this to... I'll leave that up to you. I'll be waiting in the car. Many heroes were born in the Korean War. One of them was Major General William F. Dean, Infantry, U.S. Army. General Dean was captured in August 1950. A month previous, he had become separated from his party while going to the aid of a wounded man. He wandered for 35 days, dazed and hungry, begging for food at farmhouses. Finally, he was betrayed by a South Korean who led him into ambush. As a prisoner of war, he was subjected to relentless interrogation. 32 hours, 44 hours, 68 hours at a stretch. Repeatedly, he refused to talk and finally was ordered to put his refusal in writing. Perhaps, without really knowing, General Dean was helping to write Article 5 of the U.S. Fighting Man's Code of Conduct. When questioned, should I become a prisoner of war, I am bound to give only name, rank, service number, and date of birth. I will evade answering further questions to the utmost of my ability. I will make no oral or written statements disloyal to my country and its allies or harmful to their cause. And now... Starring John Lund, Act Three of For Old Time's Sake. Well, do you feel better now that you've done your duty as a citizen and taxpayer? Lieutenant wasn't in. Oh, good. It gives us a little time. For what? To use our heads. Helen, I don't have to tell the police anything. I'm not guilty of anything. Nobody but you knows that I serve time. That bank robber does. Oh, he's taken us on the lam by now. And he won't be back unless... And get this, Helen. Unless I go to the police. I know him. If I talk, he'll get me or you or the kids. But don't you see? The only sensible thing is to forget about it. Yes, Bert, whatever you say. Well, don't you see? I don't know, Bert. This is the first time I've had anything to do with criminals. I guess I'll have to depend on your wider experience. time will the kids be out of the show? I don't know. They'll phone. Oh, good. Give me time for a drink. I need one. What's for dinner? I haven't the slightest idea. Oh, come on, darling. I'm sorry, Bert. This is one day when dinner is not uppermost on my mind. All right, then. When the kids call, we'll both pick them up and we'll all eat out. 
How would you like that? Whatever you say, Bert. Hiya, pal. What are you doing here? Well, pal, we had a little trouble getting out of town. They got bugs. And I got one of the cops. I'm a little hot, so I thought how nice it is to have an old pal in town. Aren't you going to introduce me to the little woman? Get out of here. Uh-uh. I like it here. I want to get acquainted with your family, Bert. Where are the kids? Why, they Oh, that's right. You said they were at the show. Be home soon? I don't know. Unless you leave this minute, I'm going to call the police. Get away from that phone. Bert, he's got a gun. Sure I got a gun. And the shoots. Real bullets. Now sit down and shut up. Don't answer it. But it might be the kids. Oh, yeah, the kids. And they'd think something was wrong if Mummy and Daddy weren't home. Okay, go ahead and answer it, Bert. Tell them to get on the bus and come home. No, Bert, don't let them come here. Tell them to go to the grandmother's. I don't want them here with this hoodlum. Oh, you shouldn't have said that, doll. But just to show you what a nice guy I am, I'm going to let you talk to the kids. Go on, answer the phone. Don't do anything foolish, Helen. You better tell those little kiddies to get on a bus and go home. Or they ain't gonna have no mama. Please, Helen. Hello? Oh, hello, honey. No, Dad won't be able to pick you up. We want you and Cindy to take a bus and go to Grandmother. You... Remember, Grandmother! All right, Dad, I want you. Wait, Pinky. You're gonna need us. I'll still have you. No, no, listen to me a minute. I can pick up the kids at the bus stop. Don't do it, Bert! One more word out of that woman and I'll kill her both. I'll kill you right now. Let me handle it, Helen. Lady, you got anything more to say? Come on. Just one word. Any word. Okay. Now, don't you open your mouth again. All right, Bert, go get the kids. No tricks. Believe me, it would be a pleasure to kill this woman of yours. If one lousy cop shows up, she's dead. I'll beat it. May I pose a problem to you? Put yourself down in a town, an isolated town, say, in the wilds of northern Canada or in the middle of the Brazilian jungle. Now, in your town, you have four doctors. But in two other villages where you do business and where you have relatives, there are no doctors. And every once in a while, epidemics arise in these villages, killing off relatives you love and friends you've learned to love. What would you do about it? Would you sit idly by? Would you shrug your shoulders and say... It's their village. Let them worry about it. Or would you feel that it is the responsibility of your town and your town's doctors to educate the people of the villages and to look after their health? If it were left up to you, wouldn't you do your best to form some organization that would take steps to save the people of these villages? Of course you would. It would be the only humane thing to do. That is what the World Health Organization is trying to do throughout the world. It is an agency of the United Nations, which is man's best hope for the world's health, peace, and justice. And now, starring John Lund, Act Four of For Old Time's Sake. I left the house not knowing what to do. 
It wouldn't make any difference to Pinky how many people he killed. If I picked up the kids, there was a good chance they'd get it too. But if I didn't, Helen would get it for sure. I was walking to my car when a squad car pulled up with two cops in front. Lieutenant Williams was one of them. Going somewhere, Mr. Winterfield? What do you want? I want to talk to your wife. The officer said she tried to call me. She hasn't anything to say to you? Well, as long as I'm here, I might as well hear it from her. You got a search warrant? I don't need a warrant to ring doorbell. You're not going in, Lieutenant. Let go of that door. Look, don't, Lieutenant. You'll kill her. Who? The guy from the bank. He's in there with my wife. Get that on the radio, Joe. Tell the boys to close in. Winterfield, get out of the way. Give me a break, Lieutenant. You've had all the breaks you'll get from me, mister. For my wife's sake, listen to me. Now, what's on your mind? Give me a gun. Give you a gun? Are you crazy? I'm the only one who will get close enough to save her. Even so, I can't give you a gun. How do I know you're not in this up to your ears? Believe me, I'm not mixed up in the robbery. Sure, I'm an ex-con, and I know the guy. We work together, but I'm not mixed up in this one. Please, Lieutenant, for my wife's sake. Are you sure he'll kill her? Can't be bluffed. Oh, no, Lieutenant. I know this man. All right, Winterfield. I'll take a chance on you. I hope I won't live to regret it. You won't, Lieutenant. Oh, those idiots. Joe, tell them to shut off the sirens. I probably did it. I'm sorry, Winterfield. Give me the gun, Lieutenant. The guy can hear the siren. He's going to know that something's up. I got to take that chance. Give me the gun. Okay, Winterfield. Here you are. Good luck. Can you hear me, Bert? I can hear you, Pinky. Don't come in, Bert! Shall I kill a bird or are you coming in? I'm coming in, Pinky. Okay, drop the gun. Are you? You dirty rat! Are you all right, Bert? Yeah, I'm all right. Is he dead? Are you two okay? Yeah. But Pinky's dead, Lieutenant. I had to kill him. Dead, all right. I guess a lot of things died with him. Well, that's up to you, Lieutenant. And why don't you come in and tell me the whole story one of these days? Why? I'd be glad to. I got nothing to hide now, have I, Helen? Yeah, nothing, darling. Well, then, let's go find those kids of ours. of For Old Time's Sake, written by Gordon Christian. Supporting John Lund in For Old Time's Sake were Virginia Gregg, Bill Quinn, and Joe DeSantis. Listen. Listen again next week when we return with another tale well calculated to keep you in suspense.
Suspense has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.